Hey there, this is Heather McAllister, a health coach for women in midlife. I went from feeling fat and tired at 40 to living my best life ever nine years later. I now feel better than ever in my body and in my clothes. I feel a renewed sense of purpose and energy and I'm here to share that with you. It was not an easy path. I had a lot of missteps along the way, but all those missteps have made it easier to help women facing the same struggles. So I created the Get Better With Heather podcast to give you simple and effective strategies to do the same thing. So if you're a woman in midlife and you're struggling to feel good in your body, to take off extra weight without obsessing over food, to get motivated and get moving, then this podcast is for you. Hit the subscribe button to stay up to date and let's get started. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the science of overeating and how to overcome it. First, let's talk about what hunger is, because this is usually the feeling that we respond to when we eat, whether or not it's true hunger, craving, or some other emotion that we don't want to feel. Food makes us feel good, and it feels good in our body because we need food to survive. So our brain has made that adaptation. It motivates us to eat, to store energy, so that if we went for a long period of time without food, we'd have some energy on our body that would keep us alive. It's been a very effective survival mechanism until recently. So hunger serves this obvious purpose. It tells us that we need to keep our bodies fueled. The reasons why our ancestors relied on this mechanism was to survive. And the body has gotten really good at doing that. Thank goodness. Certain foods that we eat are are stored as fat more easily. And those are foods that are particularly sugary or foods that have a lot of carbohydrate in them. And there's a reason why we have a hard time saying no to certain foods. And this is purely biological. But one of the things that has happened is that we have begun to rely on food for comfort, for happiness, or for quick energy because we're exhausted. And it's not because we've run 15 miles or ran from a tiger or went hunting, but because we are mentally drained or we're sleep deprived. And those same stress mechanisms act the same in our body as if we were trying to survive out in the wild. We have a ton of food that's available to us. Most of it is highly caloric and it's extremely tasty, which is why we're overfed in general. But for some reason, we're still hungry. So this survival mechanism in conjunction with our society is not helping us to live better or longer. There are so many people out there suffering from being overweight, and I get it. I've often asked myself, how can I still be hungry when I have weight to lose? So that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. 
our brain creates the sensation of hunger. And it can do that when our stomach is empty, when we see food that looks good, when we smell good food. And we don't have to really be hungry, like truly hungry, for our brain to tell us that we are. Have you ever gone to the movie theater? You're completely full. Maybe you've come, you went right from dinner. And then once you smell the popcorn, you feel hungry. And I say hungry in air quotes. Because you're not really hungry, but we desire it. Our, our brains actually make us think we're hungry. Because we remember how delicious the popcorn is. And when we smell it, that memory is conjured up. And we remember how good it makes us feel. But we're not truly hungry. Our brain has evolved towards a propensity toward hunger. So why didn't our ancestors have this problem with being overweight? They had the same propensity for eating foods that would allow them to store energy to their bodies or on their bodies. But obesity is a relatively new problem. And one of the biggest, most obvious problems is just the way that we're able to mass produce food. There's no scarcity. And the food that's created today has many more calories in it and a lot less nutrition than the food that we evolved to eat. So unless we're going back to our hunter-gatherer days, we need to figure out a better way to feed ourselves and respond to the food that's available to us. The natural foods that gave us good stored energy, like fruits and berries that were found in the wild, were not highly addictive. They were not as addictive as the foods that we eat that are probably tenfold in calories that you would find at places like the Cheesecake Factory or Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's. These foods are engineered to hijack our taste buds. There are actual scientists who figure out how to get us addicted to their foods to want more. How can they be so tasty that we don't just stop at eating when we're full? And these businesses are taking advantage of our highly addictive brains, knowing how our brains work by creating foods that are highly addictive. And then add to the problem that today's humans, or all humans, but we have a range of emotions. We burn the candle at both ends. We don't like feeling unhappy. And we have all these emotions going on in our bodies, responding to the stress of the world. We're often sleep deprived. All of these things impact why we eat, when we eat, and how much we eat. Another reason why we feel hunger when maybe we don't need to truly eat is because we've become metabolically unhealthy. Our cells can actually de be deprived of energy even after we've eaten and this happens when we become insulin resistant, and this is highly prevalent and underdiagnosed in our adult population. 
you probably won't hear you're insulin resistant until you've become pre-diabetic potentially or have developed type 2 diabetes. Yet it is happening and developing in your body if you are weight loss resistant in most cases. So you can actually be overweight having just eaten and within a couple of hours feel like you need to eat again because, or sometimes even immediately afterwards, you may actually crave sugar because the cells in your body are having a hard time taking in energy. And this is because your insulin levels are really high, potentially, and when they're really high for a very period of time, we become numb to insulin and we need more insulin in our body. And insulin is what allows that energy to be stored inside the cell to be used. If it can't go, if it doesn't get stored or doesn't get used, then it really just becomes extra fat on our body. And that fat never gets used as energy if your insulin levels stay high. And what it means is that if you're metabolically inflexible, you're having a hard time actually accessing the energy stores on your body for energy. And that energy is really great energy. The fat on your body is actually enough energy probably to sustain you for a really long time. So we can't allow ourselves to become victims of these circumstances. I know we have a lot of things that are working against us in this world but we don't need to allow this to be an inevitability. We can take responsibility. We can be accountable for our eating behaviors. It just takes commitment and it takes a little bit of a different perspective and intentionality and being aware of what's going on inside your brain to make better choices. In fact, most of my coaching clients are actually pretty surprised when our discussions and our coaching sessions really revolve around what's going on in their lives and how it's impacting their eating behaviors. Because ultimately, if you don't manage the issues, the thoughts and the feelings that you're having, and you can't be completely happy with yourself as you are, then it's really hard to be happy with yourself once you've reached your goal. So being healthy, having this whole weight loss thing figured out really comes down to managing your thoughts and your brain and understanding the decisions that you're making and how those decisions impact the food that you're eating and your results, which is ultimately the weight on your body. So when we're talking about hunger and weight management and losing weight, there are a few things that are really important. One, we need to actually be aware of what real hunger feels like because often we're just overeating or we're eating because there's food around or we're eating because someone said it's time for dinner or we have some other emotional need for food. And I want to add something here because I never considered myself an emotional eater, 
but I was wrong. So if you think you're not eating emotionally, I want you to think about one, do you ever overeat with your plate, with what's on your plate where you can't stop, right? So you know you're a little bit full, but you got to finish the plate, right? So if you're overeating with what is on your plate, you're eating for emotional reasons because if you are able to stop eating when you're slightly full and walk away from your plate and you don't continue to eat, then you are, there's no emotion involved in that eating process. You're eating just to fulfill your energy needs and what your body's telling you to eat. Also, does the thought of not eating a certain food upset you? Does the thought of not eating ice cream at night make you feel a certain way? Does the thought of giving up pizza make you feel a certain way? If the thought of changing your eating behaviors or changing the foods that you eat causes an emotion, then you have an emotional connection to food. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have any emotional connection to food. However, we need to be aware of what these emotions are and how they're impacting our eating behavior. So I, I think a lot of people think that they're, you know, they're just eating what's in front of them and there's no emotion to it. When in fact, a lot of times when we have problems with food, there is some emotional component. We're just not aware of it. Two, we need to deal with the hormonal imbalances that are leading to feelings of hunger and giving us food cravings. Except in this circumstance, we don't really need the food, but our body is having a hard time using the energy efficiently. Or we have hormones in our body that are being released because we are stressed in some way, telling us to eat because stress is kind of an emergency for our body. It's sort of a threat to our survival. So that can give you real feelings of being hungry, meaning it's going to make you want to eat when you don't really need to. And lastly, the good news is that we have a prefrontal cortex. So while we have all these survival mechanisms that are kind of working against us in our society, we are able to override our thoughts and we are able to influence our behaviors when we plan ahead of time. And when we think about and become more aware of our behavior. Now, the prefrontal cortex doesn't work so great when we're tired and stressed and all those other things that reduce our willpower in the moment. So it can't be a strategy that you rely on 100%, but we can plan our food ahead of time and make commitments to ourselves to follow through, and that'll make things much more likely to happen. So one of the very first things that I work on with my clients in my weight loss program is to help them become aware of what real hunger feels like. Because a lot of times we don't even know what real hunger feels like. We're so conditioned to eat when we get up in the morning, at our lunch break, at dinner time, right? We, we just eat during those times. And then sometimes at three o'clock we eat because we're tired. And then again at seven o'clock we sit down and we're kind of stressed out or we're bored or something is going on and we're looking for some kind of pleasure or comfort. So we grab chips because of course chips are made to give us lots of pleasure. They signal parts of the brain 
to release dopamine and they're highly pleasurable, tasty foods. We need to be aware, one, that we're eating things because sometimes we're doing it unconsciously. Have you ever gone into the refrigerator and grabbed something and not even realized it? So sometimes we're not even aware of it until after we've done it. We're like, oh, how did that happen? Or sometimes we forget how much we ate or how much we've snacked. And I know I've been guilty of that. Second, we need to work on providing our body with more wholesome foods that aren't hijacking our hormones and creating this hormonal hunger or over hunger, right? If we eat foods that are constantly keeping our blood sugars fluctuating and our insulin levels high or our cortisol levels are going through the roof because we're stressed, then it's going to be really, really hard to even rely on our body signals because our body signals are going to be off. Ultimately, we want to tap into and reestablish our innate ability to sense true hunger so that we eat to nourish our bodies. We eat to thrive and live optimally in a more naturally thin state. And we can do this really by becoming aware of our eating patterns. When we take this a step further and look at the emotions that lead to our eating behaviors or the emotions that stop us from changing our eating behaviors, we realize that our emotions are based on all the thoughts that are in our brains and our beliefs are kind of where our thoughts are coming from. So our beliefs are sort of how we see the world, right? And what we believe about food, you know, a a typical belief that might impact your eating behavior is this belief that you should never waste food and that you have to clean your plate, right? That's something that a lot of us have grown up with. um, And that belief can make you feel guilty if your thought is, I have to finish everything on my plate, I can't throw away food, right? So that's just one way that our beliefs can sort of lead to our eating behaviors. Second, we want to make sense of what our body is telling us and learn to respond appropriately. And this is something, this is something actually that in my program, I refer to as body wisdom or body intuition. When we allow our natural self to act as as it was evolved to be, when we take out all the uh, unnatural stuff, all the, the things that society has thrown at us and the way society has influenced our eating behaviors, our body is really amazing at knowing which food we should eat and how much of it and how to live optimally, right? So we just naturally have this innate ability to do that, but we have to get rid of all of the unnatural stuff, all of the influences that are out there culturally that are kind of sabotaging um, and making us think we need to eat more, making us feel like we need to eat more, making us actually hungry (laughs) in an unnatural way. So what are some of the reasons why we eat when we're not really in the need to eat, right? Because if we have weight to lose, we have 
stored energy on our body. Um, and there are a lot of causes for hunger when we don't really need the energy. So one of the ways that we this might show up is we, you know, we look at the clock, we wake up in the morning, and we are conditioned to eat first thing in the morning. How many actually how many of you actually stop and and think about like how hungry am I? Should I eat right now? Like that sort of thing. We just automatically get up, we eat breakfast, we need to do it before we go to work, right? Or, you know, we look at the clock and it's noon, it's time to take a break, it's time to eat. So just that trigger can actually cause your brain to make you feel hungry because it's be- become a habit. So same thing can happen um, when you have your cup of coffee in the morning. You know, if you're conditioned to have that coffee with a donut, it's become a conditioned hunger response. So you wake up in the morning, and again, you may not naturally really need to eat for a few hours. You've got some stored energy from the night before. You could be in a fasted state, and when you're in a fasted state, you're using your energy stores that are right on your body, right? But we've, we, you know, we've become accustomed to, or, you know, we've created this habit of eating. So we're not really checking in with what our body needs. Sometimes we don't even realize we're eating because it's become such a habit. And a lot of times too, we're ashamed of it and, and, and we don't want to actually own up to it because we've had this diet mentality and it really, it makes us feel bad about ourselves that we're actually doing this. So we've, be, we've gotten into this sort of emotional um, shaming and feeling like there's something wrong with you because you're eating. And so anyway, a lot of times your, your brain just is sort of in this defense mode of denying it. You're not even really aware of it. You sort of stuff it away like, oh, I'm not really eating. I'm just snacking, right? And you forget about it very quickly. And this is something that I was actually dealing with. I still find it creeps up into my daily behaviors, but it was definitely something that was sabotaging me when I wasn't feeling great and I was trying to lose weight and there were, you know, I knew there was something going on, but, you know, I was trying to eat good meals, but I was constantly going into the pantry thinking I needed to snack on things and didn't think that, you know, the 100 calorie granola bar was a big deal, right? And it was stuff that I wasn't keeping track of yet. It's all really important. It's really important. All of those little things that you're snacking on, number one, they add up throughout the day. Um, but it's what you're not aware of that's really the problem. So becoming aware of it is actually the very first thing that I think number one is going to be really impactful, but is just really, really critical is you have to be aware of what you're eating. And the way you do that is by starting to journal and keeping a food log. And this is something that I recommend all my clients do. And I know no one wants to do it. And I'm probably getting a few eye rolls at this very moment when you're listening to this. But research has shown, and I am a science girl, over and over again, that people who journal or food log have more success. Number one, losing weight. Number two, keeping it off. So use a food journal and write down every little bit of the food that you've eaten throughout the day, every morsel. This doesn't mean you have to measure your food. It doesn't mean you have to write down your calories. I don't even think it's necessary. If you have a significant amount of weight to lose, 
it's going to be a little different than if you're trying to lose that last 10 pounds. So you might need to, if you're kind of, uh, you know, trying to really dial in your last 10 pounds or five pounds or whatever, you might have to be a little bit more particular about maybe the calories you're eating. Um, but in general, you don't have to write down exactly how much you're eating. Just write down everything that you're eating. The first thing I ask my people to do that I work with is create a food journal. And I actually like to take it a step further and call it the food mood journal so that people are aware of the mood that they're in when they're eating, how it affects how they're feeling afterwards, whether it's their energy energy level or how you feel afterwards. And this really starts to develop a relationship not only with the food you're eating, but how it's impacting your body. It's not only being aware of what you're eating and when you're eating, but becoming aware of why you're eating and what are the feelings that lead up to it. And then how do you feel afterwards? And this is the part of developing body intuition and body wisdom. So before I talk about how to implement this, it's it's really it's really helpful to just kind of get over this barrier because I, I know many of you are gonna be like, yeah, 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 like this is not important. Just tell me what to eat, tell me how to lose weight. Um, and what I wanna offer to you is that your brain is offering you resistance right now because this seems just a little too simple to help. Or you may be thinking, I don't have time for that. But I want you to consider this and just take a step back and listen. What if this one step, which doesn't cost anything, doesn't require any special skills, could help you permanently be naturally thinner? What if possibly you could drop 20 pounds just by writing down what you eat every day? Think about it. Would you take the time to do it if it were guaranteed or if the possibility were there? to make it easier. So I do want to offer to you that journaling does not have to be difficult. And I'm going to actually give you a few really simple free ways to document what you eat every day. First, easiest is just have a journal. And I think this is the best way because I love for my clients to actually keep a journal of a lot of things that we're working on. Um, Your food journal is just one of them. And I think managing your brain and managing your thoughts around food and losing weight and all of that is going to probably go in a journal. It's the best way, I think, physically to write things. But you don't have to do that. You could use your notes app on your phone. I use my notes app for a lot of things. I leave myself, like I'll transcribe (laughs) on my notes app. Um, So you could transcribe with your, your voice if you don't want to um, type it in. You might even be able to, and I'm not sure about this, but you might even be able to insert pictures of the, of the food that you're eating. So you could just document taking a snapshot. This is what I ate today just to create the awareness of you eating and being accountable to it so that you're not forgetting all the things that you ate and you're being aware of what it is that you ate. Personally, I really do like to write it down. I think that's probably the best. I do have a journal 
worksheet that I give my clients that you that kind of keeps track of all these different parameters to just make it more streamlined and easier. But journals are fine too. I would suggest not waiting till the end of the day to write your food out because again, we forget what we ate throughout the day. We could pick thing, pick at things and we think that those don't matter, but they do. So I want to offer to you that this is an exercise that I think a lot of people are resistant to because a lot of people don't honestly want to look at what they're eating throughout the day because it creates a whole lot of judgment. The perspective to come from here is curiosity. You don't have to love yourself. You don't have to feel good about what you're eating right now. I don't expect that a lot of people are going to be able to make that leap, but not be judgmental, not be shameful, just curious. If you find yourself wondering why you're continuing to do something like eat something that you didn't plan to eat, just step back and ask yourself, what's going on here? Rather than berating yourself, just be curious. This awareness piece, we're looking you know, we're looking for that awareness so that eventually we can change and shift belief and thought patterns. But right now it's just an opportunity to learn what's driving your behaviors. And that is so super powerful. This is also the first step in you being accountable to yourself and making a commitment every day that you always do. And that commitment is to lose weight permanently in a healthy way. Now you could use, there are apps such as MyFitnessPal. There's a number of other calorie counters out there. There's macro counters. I'm not a huge proponent of these. I find they're, they're time consuming. They're not something that you're necessarily going to continue with forever and ever. Um, but, and, and so they're not really that sustainable. Some people love them. You do you, you do what works for you. I, I will say though, you have to be a little careful because that can kind of feed into the diet mentality. There's also this sort of rigidity, um, of getting everything perfect. And I think you have to be a little bit careful of that. We don't want to feed into diet mentality. We don't want to develop more rigid ways of eating. Um, because those generally do not work. What we want really is to learn about our bodies and how to eat more naturally for a thinner or healthier figure. And that's going to look different for everybody. Now, that's not to say you should just be, you know, have a free-for-all eating 5,000 calories a day. Um, you know, like I said, if you have 10 pounds to lose, you might be keeping track a little bit more closely of exactly how much you're eating, but you know, you have to be within a, a reasonable, you know, eating in a reasonable amount. But right now you're really not looking at reining in your eating behaviors as much as you're just trying to understand how they're impacting your weight. And then sometimes just becoming aware, just keeping that food journal, you're going to be less likely to indulge in things because of that awareness. So this is super simple. This is something you can start today. Uh, but I want you to realize that your brain is going to kind of say, oh, this is dumb. This is stupid. I don't have time for it. It really isn't going to make a difference. 
Now, once we have some awareness of the foods that we're eating, our eating behaviors, and maybe even understanding a little bit better about how some of these foods are starting to impact our energy level, maybe you have some understanding of patterns of when you eat the most, right? You might see that in your food journal. Once you kind of have implemented this and gotten it into your daily life, I'd like to introduce a tool which I'm going to make available to you in the show notes so you can go ahead and download it called the Hungerfulness Ruler. Um, And it's basically a scale from one to 10. And again, I would start by just my making observations. You don't have to necessarily implement the Hungerfulness Scale right away or the Hungerfulness Ruler. But just start to, and this is actually a really great thing to add to your food journal, is what number are you when you begin eating and what number are you when you finish eating? It's really good body awareness. Again, we're just trying to develop some body awareness, right? So if you're looking at the ruler, and again, you can download this if you like, you're going to start with a one, which is when you are extremely hungry, like you're so hungry you can eat almost anything. Two is you're extremely hungry, so your stomach's empty, you're a little cranky about it, and maybe having a hard time focusing on anything else, like food is all you're starting to think about. Three, you kind of hear and feel your stomach rumbling, and maybe you're feeling a little tired, uh, but it's not that extreme yet. Four, You have thoughts about eating, and it might be starting to distract you just a little bit. Five, you're not hungry or you're completely neutral. So that's the sort of the – so the the one to four is sort of the hunger portion. Five is neutral. And then six to ten is fullness. So six, your stomach is a little full, but you're not completely satisfied. Seven, you're comfortable you're satisfied and maybe just slightly full. Eight, you're a little over full. You're starting to get just a little uncomfortable. And nine, you actually start to feel like you need to unbutton your pants because they're a little tight. And 10, again, is the most extreme where you're starting to actually feel sick to your stomach because you ate too much. So what we want ultimately is, number one, to start looking at when you start to eat. What are the sensations that you feel at one number would you give it that you are leaning to eat, right? Are you always eating at a two? Are you eating at a four? So really trying to just rein in like, when are you eating? What does your body feel like? Become aware of it. And then when are you stopping to eat? Are you stopping at a nine or a 10? Like are you overfilling yourself? So what we want to do is we want to eat at a three and we want to stop at a seven, So that would be, if you're going to implement this into your life, you want to kind of follow that, um, those, those feelings, those sensations in your body. So really getting, you know, getting in tune with what your body's telling you at at a three, what does that feel like? That's when you want to eat. You don't necessarily want to eat. And I know life gets in the way, so we don't always have complete control over this, but we can start to see patterns and we can start to understand So one of the ways you can implement this and still follow it is having a breakfast that sustains you so that you're a three at lunchtime, right? So if you don't have control over, 
you know, necessarily your schedule or when you're eating, like you have a certain time you have to sit down and eat. And this, you know, this is, happens a lot for healthcare workers, um, teachers, um, anybody who, you know, doesn't have complete control over their schedule. You have to think about like, what are the foods or what time do I need to eat breakfast? And what are the foods that I need to eat? Um, if you're eating breakfast, you may not eat breakfast. Um, but what do I need to eat so that um, at lunchtime I'm at a three, I'm not at, you know, a one, right? Um, so doing things like that. So our brains, our cells in our body, our hormones, everything, as you know, as you've listened to me, are optimally set up to keep you at a healthy weight, right? So your body wants to be at a healthy weight. And once you become more in tune with how you're feeling, whether it's the physical sensation, sensations of hunger and fullness, or the feelings that lead you to want to eat more, or what are the thoughts or the, the feelings of, you know, what's going on and making you eat past when, when you're more than full, right? You can then start just paying, you can become more in tune with these things and pay better attention to these cues to help you when you need to eat, right? And then you actually start to realize as you do this, as you're logging your food, as you're thinking about how this makes you feel, you start to naturally want to eat foods that sustain you, that make you feel good, that don't make your, doesn't make your blood sugar drop, right? So one of the things that actually can get in the way of this, and this is something that I also would work on with my clients. Most of the people that I work with and most of us adults that are resistant to weight loss have some level of insulin resistance. I'm not saying it's everybody's problem, but it, it, it is a big issue, um, especially because we have for so many years eaten low-fat, high-carb, which kind of creates the perfect storm for ins insulin resistance. Um, you may feel hungry when you really don't need to eat, right? Um, so this whole mechanism, this whole, this whole hormonal balancing or rebalancing in our body needs to happen in order to be able to accurately use the hunger fullness scale. And we do this by making small changes in the food that we eat over a long period of time. So this isn't about completely revamping your entire diet overnight. It's really about making some small swaps, becoming more aware of how those make you feel, implementing them, and coming up with a plan that you can stick with and that you can live with. Because ultimately, if it's a plan that you can't live with, then you're never going to do it. And I will say that over time, what you can live with may change. And that's all part of the process of learning how to manage your mind, your emotions, and you know, dealing with the drama that comes up. So one of the things that actually comes up quite a bit um, in working with women who are in that menopause or perimenopause age is the hormonal balance. Um, and it's a little bit tricky as our balance kind of fluctuate and go a little bit wacky during those perimenopause, menopause years. We have to be really, really mindful of managing all the other little things in our life. We need a little bit more TLC. We need better self-care routines in order for all of these things to work the way they should. And it's possible. 
I know sometimes we feel like it's not because I don't think it's been handled very well. So not only are we working on dialing in the right foods to help sustain our energy levels and balance our hormones, but we're managing the emotional reasons that we turn to food. And I think it's really important to kind of see that whole picture. There are other hormones that are released, such as cortisol, which is released as a result of stress. And that could dial down our thyroid. So, you know, you have to deal with the stress in your life and how that impacts your hunger. When we were 20 or 30 years old, our hormones were more robust. They were less temperamental um, and things changed. So when you're in your 40s, really it's it's a different ball game. So the the strategies that you had will probably no longer work. It's definitely a different game. Okay. So to wrap things up, in order to be more naturally thin, there's two things that must happen. One, you need to pay attention to what your body's telling you and be less conditioned by the environment, such as portion sizes, what time the clock says, foods that happen to be out in front of you, eating when you're stressed or tired, so that our hormones aren't making us hungry. Because if we're constantly eating, then we are unable to use the fat on our body for energy. So we really need to change our hormonal structure, but we need to also be paying attention to what's causing all that stuff to happen, all of those imbalances to occur. And a lot of the times it's because we are eating way too much and we're eating a lot of the wrong foods too. If we want to be able to lose weight, ultimately we need to be able to use the fat on our body for energy. And again, we need hormone balance for that. We need our insulin levels to be lower, our cortisol levels to be lower. Um, and, you know, just in terms of the food that we're eating, you know, throughout the day, can't be eating every hour, right? And the, the way we were taught to eat, sort of that, you know, high carbohydrate, low fat diet really kind of threw our hormones and our insulin levels way high. So that has to be dealt with. And it's not a change that you can definitely see overnight for everybody. But building your awareness of hunger can help you understand what it's like to be present in your body. So building that awareness, number one of the food that you're eating, and then also your hunger awareness and how you're responding, right? We can be a little hungry. And I want to be 100% honest with you, when you are trying to lose weight and you are working on using your energy stores, meaning the fat on your body, your stomach may rumble a little bit. And that needs to happen. You need to have an empty stomach. You need to, doesn't mean you get, you're going to feel like crap, but you have to use the energy on your body. And in order to do that, you have to be kind of in a fasted state. And, there, you know, there's a lot more to that. That's, you know, more information that I get in with my coaching program. But, you know, hunger isn't always an emergency necessarily. And, you know, sometimes we, again, we've been conditioned by many factors to be more hungry than we really are. So 
we've talked a lot about beliefs in this episode. We've talked about the physiology of hunger and awareness and all of that good stuff. Um, I will say that having spent the time adjusting my foods um, so that my insulin levels are coming down, meaning I can be more metabolically flexible, but in using that fat on my body, Yes, sometimes my stomach's a little bit empty, but I have really good energy and it feels really good. So it feels very different than when your metabolism is having a hard time using fat for fuel and when your metabolism is used to only burning sugar. So there's definitely a transition period there, but it's doable. And your body, once you kind of get to that point, is going to do what it knows how to do. So I hope this episode cleared a little bit up about hunger and food awareness. And really, if you are looking to lose weight, these are two things, these are two tools that you can implement right now, today, and start seeing a difference in your body. But if you have any questions either about what we talked about today, if you're interested in hearing more about my coaching, or if you have anything that you would like me to share or questions to ask that I can share um, on future podcasts, go ahead and you can just email me at support at getbetterwithheather.com and I will address your questions in future podcasts. I am so excited to announce that I will be rolling out the Better Body Formula, which is an online health coaching program to help my lady friends like me in midlife struggling to lose weight and feel good in their bodies. It is a step-by-step approach with coaching as part of the program and something that you can do at your own pace. So you could say goodbye to dieting and finally have an easy to follow formula, a formula that has taken years for me to develop because yes, I was the guinea pig. I was the one going through all of these ups and downs and making all of these mistakes, but I've packaged all of those mistakes and all of the things that I've learned from my two certifications in health coaching, from all my knowledge about the human body, about the human brain, and about the life of a woman in midlife, a busy mom, a career woman, and how to implement the best program to finally take charge of your body, enhance energy, and learn how to listen to your body so that you're not having to go to experts and you're not having to go to books and people telling you, you know, totally different things. This is one program where you get to decide what is the best method for you and learn how to identify your unique roadblocks, the things that get in your way. I spent a lot of time self-sabotaging my weight loss efforts. And some of those were limiting beliefs that I had and other reasons were totally physiological things that I didn't understand. If you want to get on the wait list, go ahead and click the link that's in the show notes. It is going to be an awesome 
program, self-paced. Like I said, it's going to have some coaching component to it. So I will be helping you throughout the way and helping you create awesome confidence that impacts your life in every way. To get on the wait list for the Better Body Formula, go to land.getbetterwithheather.com forward slash better body. This is the wait list that I will use to send out email updates so that you are the first to know about this program when it becomes available. And I guarantee that there are going to be some awesome bonuses to the first few members of this program. So go ahead, sign up. All you have to do is put your email address in and I will send you those updates.